When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get some new windows or a new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Well, first of all, they can provide window and door solutions to any home. And because the people are great, Vince, Steve, Clint, Brian, the whole gang, everybody there, A-plus individuals. And you know what else? You're going to be working with Pella and only Pella the entire time. You might be going, well, duh. Well, do you realize that when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, well, who's who's going to install it and who's going to pre-finish it? And before you know it, you're working with like four or five different people. Ugh. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four or five. That's what you get with Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That is PellaOmaha.com. Okay. Uh, reminder, subscribe to the podcast, click that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the pods when they come out. And while you're at it, leave a five-star rating and a review. It all helps me. And I, I don't say this enough, but I'm going to say it now. I should say this for everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, supporting my podcast, sharing uh, the podcast, uh, all the kind words on Twitter, email. You can email me, nick at nickbod.com, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. It, it really, really means a lot. We don't say that enough, and uh, we don't say this enough in, our, in the media industry. Thank you. Thank you for listening and supporting. Okay, on the pod today. So here's the deal. I recorded this podcast that I'm about to play for you a few weeks ago, and you know, just a handful of different things have happened with life and the world and different things that I just, I haven't released it yet, but I really want to release it now before it maybe gets, while it's somewhat topical or maybe gets too dated. Uh, With Nebraska football losing out on two in-state recruits from Omaha, this was a couple of weeks ago, uh, with Keegan Johnson and Vontae Dickerson, that drummed up a lot of emotion amongst everyone involved And it also drummed up a lot of old emotions inside of me because I was an in-state recruit that left uh, the state, you know, leaving the state of Nebraska and saying no to the Big Red Inn has its ramifications. And I wanted to touch on that and kind of lay all that out and just kind of shed some light on what it's like to leave the state as an in-state high school recruit and go play college, in my case, basketball somewhere else. And then within all that, I really wanted to set the record straight with what my recruiting process was like in high school with Nebraska basketball. Because there are a handful of things that I don't know if people fully understand or know. And I just want to, I want to lay all that out as well. So, okay, I don't want to step too much on my pod uh, take that I recorded from a couple weeks ago. So, Uh, But I just wanted to set it up, give a little background for it. So again, I recorded this a few weeks ago. I really open up, and I'm honest with you guys. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys find it interesting. 
so let's get to it, man. All right, here it is. A little podcast take that I have from a few weeks ago on a variety of topics. Uh, here we go. So the big news of the past week or so is Keegan Johnson, the Bellevue West ride receiver, uh, son of Cluster Johnson, turning down Nebraska and going to Iowa. Or you can even expand it to, say, the big news of the past month by throwing Avante Dickerson uh, at Omaha West Side, choosing Minnesota over Nebraska. So you, you've now had two in-state kids from Omaha going to division rivals. It's obviously never good when a talented you know, in-state group of kids leave Nebraska. And it's especially not good when it's the son of a former national championship winning wide receiver talking about Cluster Johnson who won titles in the 90s in Nebraska with his son Keegan. So any way you slice it, it's it's bad optics for Nebraska. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. But one of the aspects of this story that has been discussed a little, but I think I can add to it, is how hard it is on a variety of levels to say no to Nebraska being an in-state kid and then all that comes with that. There was a really interesting story with in the Lincoln Journal Star from uh, Steve Sipple with Harrison Phillips, who was a, a, a stud lineman from Millard West who left the state of Nebraska and went to Stanford uh, to play football. And, you know, there was stuff in there where, you know, Harrison Phillips talked about how he, he always kind of had that wondering of what if, what if I would have gone to Nebraska? And I certainly can relate to that. I always wonder, hey, you know, what would what would it have been like if I'd have been making threes uh, for Nebraska and not Kansas and Creighton? You know, what would things be like? And then the other thing with the story that kind of jumped out at me, the other thing is how there are legit challenges at times in your post-playing career if you want to come back home to Nebraska and live and start a business career in the state. Like, that's, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. I feel like I've had to fight that a little bit. And, I mean, we all know Nebraska fans are incredible. The Big Red Army, the Sea of Red, you know, it is real. And, listen, they, they can be for you and they can be against you. And I feel like being a kid from Lincoln, and because I chose Kansas and then chose Creighton, I do feel like I've had an uphill battle at times trying to make it in this state as a media member. And that's not to throw a pity party here, but I, I'm just I'm just trying to be real and speak to one of the interesting kind of components to this in-state recruiting story. I mean, I know with you know being a Lincoln kid, being from Nebraska and, and choosing Kansas and then and then transferring to Creighton, I know there are a portion of fans out there that no matter what, we'll just never get over the fact that I left the state and didn't go to Nebraska. I, I And I get that. But in seeing this story of in-state recruits leaving Nebraska, it kind of drummed up some emotions for me, and I thought, you know what? I'm kind of in an, uh, you know, it's, everybody's kind of on emotional edge right now with this pandemic. Uh, so I, I've, I kind of wanted to kind of be emotional with you guys and, and set the record straight on a handful of things. In particular, with how my recruitment went with Nebraska basketball. Because I feel like I've somehow had to, I've, I've dealt with this in what I kind of perceive to be kind of an unfair way. So here's the thing. Let, let, me, let me kind of lay it all out for you. Nebraska, Barry Collier was the coach at the time. Nebraska basketball didn't even really recruit me very hard in high school. 
They didn't. If I made a list, I'd say Kansas, Ohio, Creighton, Kansas State, Iowa State, Boise State, Bowling Green, Utah even, all recruited me harder than Nebraska did. Hell, even Northwestern came knocking late. Barry Culler came to one practice my junior year, and it was, oddly enough, the practice that Roy Williams came to, which actually kind of pissed me off at the time because KU and and Roy Williams were actually recruiting me, and Barry Culler in Nebraska, they really weren't recruiting me very hard. And my read on that situation was Barry Collier got wind that Roy Williams was in town and felt like he needed to show up to not kind of look bad. You know, Collier, Coach Collier didn't really talk to me before that, and he never really talked to me after that practice. I don't really recall Barry Collier coming to more than one of my high school games and maybe a few times an assistant was at some of my AAU games in the summer circuit. Again, they just they didn't recruit me very hard at all. Why? I don't know. I mean, I have my theories, but whenever you get into that, you kind of end up sounding like a loser making excuses. The reality is Barry Collier must not have liked my game and didn't really recruit me very hard. I went on one unofficial visit to Nebraska while I was in high school and had one final meeting with Coach Collier in his office in the spring of my senior year right before I made my college decision. But that was it. No phone calls. I wouldn't say they made me feel really wanted. Nothing like that. And here was the kicker, though. In that final meeting, which would have been in March of 2003, my senior year, I, I sat in Barry Collier's office. And he told me that I could walk on. I could, I could be a walk-on. And he also told me that he thought I'd have an Adam Bohawk-type career. Adam Bohawk was from Kimball, Nebraska. Adam Bohawk made two field goals for his entire career. I mean, wow, right? Like, I'm sitting there as, you know, a high school senior. I got offers. Like, Wow. Meanwhile, KU has, had been recruiting harder than anyone else in the country. They've been to a bunch of my high school and AAU games. Kansas called me once a week for over a year. I came on multiple visits to Lawrence, Kansas. They're telling me how I fit into their system. They're telling me how much they like my game. All that. So I ended up with two walk-on offers. One from Nebraska and then one from KU. But one was vastly different from the other. So naturally, I made the decision to go to KU, but it's painted as, hey, Nick had an offer that, you know, had he chose Kansas over Nebraska. And then, you know, in spite of all that, which obviously the public and the fans don't really know about, it gets painted a certain way. So I get criticized in the moment. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential 
customer's home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha Lincoln area, bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And then... The first time I came home my freshman year with Kansas and played at Nebraska was brutal. I mean, it was a brutal day. I'm public enemy number one. And, you, you know, you can go check the box. Score. That was a game I actually played in. I, you know, I, I came in the second half, knocked down back-to-back threes. But that whole day was tough. You know, it started with I got crushed by the student section the entire time in warm-ups. It actually had one of the the, the best moments I can remember of being heckled. Uh, I've told this story a handful of times, but I, you know, so the, the starting lineups are are going, right? And so, you know, you know, at guard, 6'2", from Portland, Oregon, Aaron Miles and Wayne Simeon, and they do, you know, and so they do the, the Kansas starting lineup at the Devaney Sports Center. And then, so obviously we huddle up and break, and I'm walking back to the bench. And if people remember where Devaney's student sections were kind of oriented, they were right kind of one of the stu- student sections was kind of right by the the home or the visiting bench. And there was a piece of paper on the bench that was just sitting there. And I went I, as I'm walking over there, and I don't they like had my seat, like it was crazy. How I I grabbed the piece of paper, and it says seat reserved for Nick Baugh. I'm not gonna lie, that's kind of funny. Like I, I actually kind of like, you know, there was in, internally I smiled, externally I tried to show no emotion, and you know the student section's right there just giving it to me. But so I'm getting crushed, and so like at, when I get into the game, I got booed hard every time I touched the ball. Devaney Sports Center chanted, "Trader, trader," and the entire time I'm thinking. Man, if these people only knew what the, what the recruit recruiting process was like from Nebraska to me, they basically didn't really want me. And then yet it's positioned, like I said, you know, F you Nebraska and went to Kansas, which isn't really even close to true. And, you know, that was a game actually Nebraska upset us that day. And I'm just being back in the locker room, I was crying because the day was so emotional. Being a Nebraska kid, a Lincoln native, I'm back home, and I was public enemy number one. And then when I decided to transfer from Kansas, just to kind of hit all the talking points here, if I would have transferred in conference from Kansas to Nebraska, which I don't even think they wanted me, but whatever, 
But if I transfer in conference in the Big 12, I automatically lose a year of eligibility. So I really couldn't go to Nebraska when I left Kansas. So that was kind of the how both those situations went. And listen, just I'm not naive. When you go to the top school in the conference, which was Kansas, I know what comes with that. And when you then transfer to the in-state rival, Creighton, I know what comes with that too. But it's just hard when you know how the situation really was, but the public doesn't. The fans don't. And you get crushed for it in the moment. And like I said, still to this day, I feel like I've had to fight it a bit. And while my situation is vastly different than Keegan Johnson's and Avante Dickerson's, my point is the ramifications for Keegan Johnson and Avante Dickerson for leaving Nebraska as an in-state kid and going to Iowa and Minnesota, it's real. That's a real thing. When they come back to Lincoln and play, it's, they better they better put the big boy pants on. It's going to be tough. And, you know, I don't know. There could be challenges for them after their time in college if they want to come back to the state of Nebraska and, you know, drop anchor in Omaha or whatever and start a business, whatever it is. So it's just interesting. It's just interesting. It's certainly a real thing for in-state kids who leave the state. But the reality is, I, I don't know how much that should factor into the decisions, you know? I don't know what to say about that. Because there's some people like, oh, you should be thinking about that. That's something you got to be thinking about. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're an 18-year-old high school recruit, you are kind of making a decision that you believe it's what's best for your playing career in college. You aren't necessarily thinking about life when you're done playing and life when you're 35, 40, 45 years old, or even necessarily trying to really worry about that one time you might have to come back and play against Nebraska. You just aren't. Should you be? I don't know, maybe a bit. But I just don't think high school recruits are thinking about that stuff. They're not thinking about when they're 42 years old and they got a mortgage and two kids and they're trying to, you know, pay the bills with this business and oh, it's hard. You know, they're they're just not thinking about that. And, you know, I mean, recruiting decisions, they're just a million factors, man. You know, they're just a million factors. And as a recruit, you know, you always got to do what you want to do. This is your decision. This is your life. You always got to do what you want to do. When you start making life decisions that are based on pleasing the most amount of people, or conversely, pissing off the fewest amount of people, that's ultimately not good. So it's a tough situation. It, it, it just is. And so, you know, being a former in-state recruit who left the state, like, I don't know what to tell in-state kids on those types of factors. All I can say is they're real. It's a real thing. You know, when you because when you think of home, like when you think of home, you think of comfort and support 
and love. But for some high school recruits, if you say no to Nebraska and leave, home changes a bit. So I always, I always find in-state recruiting conversations interesting because it's, it's usually a really emotional thing for all, every party involved. It really brings out and elicits some just really deep emotions from fans and everyone involved. Couple of things to kind of put a bow on this, this topic here. Number one. You know, the in-state recruiting thing and losing two Omaha kids to division rivals. I, my big takeaway is what I said on the wine pod with Bo Rude last week. Don't outthink don't yourself. The best recruiting tool in the world is winning, period. The ultimate recruiting tool is winning. Winning solves a lot. Minnesota won 11 games last year. And Iowa has been consistently winning and been consistently beating Nebraska the last handful of years. So when I look at you know these two specific cases of Ante Diggerson and, and Keegan Johnson, that's what I chalk it up to. I don't think Scott Frost and Nebraska staff are doing anything wrong with in-state recruiting. They're clearly making it a priority. I mean, the, the staff gave Avante Dickerson and Keegan Johnson uh, you know, attention, love, all that stuff. And they're not doing anything wrong. I just think they got to win, and it'll make things easier. Number two, with me personally leaving the state and coming back, I really lucked out and found an extremely supportive pocket of fans and people in the state with Creighton and Omaha, which was obviously helpful in digging my roots back into this state. And over time, I think most, not all, and listen, you're never going to be liked by everyone. That's true regardless of your career path. I think most Husker fans are cool with me now for a variety of reasons. You know, just over time, it you know, time heals wounds. I put wounds in air quotes. And, you know, I've talked, on, I've talked about Nebraska football and Nebraska basketball for over a decade now whether it's Sports Talk Radio now or at this pod. You know, everybody knows my dad played in Nebraska. My uncle, my cousin played football at Nebraska. You know, my two best friends on earth are Bo Rude, who's on this pod all the time, former Big 12, all Big 12 linebacker, and Barrett Rude, who's the inside linebacker's coach and the all-time tackle leader. Those guys are, I mean, they were groomsmen in my wedding. Like, So I think over time, some of the stuff's, I think a lot of fans are cool. Which kind of leads me to my final two points. Because I, you know, I went there in this pod, I want to make sure I, I also hammer home this point, these two points. I have no hard feelings towards Nebraska basketball. I sincerely don't. That was a long time ago, and it's all worked out for everyone. I would love to see Fred Hoiberg get it rolling here in, at Nebraska. And as a basketball lover, I like good basketball, man. Like, I think everyone wins when the state has multiple great teams. I'd love to see Creighton, Nebraska, and hell, even UNO have all tons of success. One of my favorite weekends of the past decade was the, the weekend of Doug McDermott and Creighton Senior Night 
where Doug had 45 points and went over 3,000 points for his career. And the very next day was no-sit Sunday when Nebraska upset and beat Wisconsin to kind of really punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. I was at both games, and I loved it. So as a basketball lover, I, 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 I want this state to be basketball crazy, you know? I really sincerely like Fred Hoiberg. I really sincerely like Doc Sadler. And I absolutely love it when I get chances to call Nebraska games on Fox and BTN. Love it. And lastly, what's amazing now, I have a great relationship with Barry Collier. A great relationship. I admit it was rocky for a bit for obvious reasons when I was in college. But I see Coach Collier all the time now. So I call a million Butler games on Fox. You know, working for Fox Sports as a college basketball analyst, I, you know, Midwest, you know, I cover the Big East, but, you know, I do a lot of, you know, I do Creighton, Nebraska, uh, Marquette, Xavier, and Butler. I do a ton of Butler games. And Barry Collier is the AD at Butler. And so I see Coach Collier all the time. And hear me clearly here. There isn't a guy that is more supportive and nicer to me than Barry Collier. It is all love when we see each other. All love. Every time we see each other. I see his wife at Hinkle Fieldhouse. We hug, we talk. I see his kids at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Always show love. I always love seeing Coach Collier now. So let me make that abundantly clear with all this too. I really, really, really like Barry Collier. He just should have recruited me harder in high school, man. Come on, coach. Come on, man. Come on. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Production.